A man is sitting in traffic. He just wants to get home and make it home so he can grab a nice cold drink and relax. He's had a long day at work. But his plans start to falter as it takes him twice as long to get home as usual. He's feeling frustrated. And then when he gets home, his, his family's expecting him, but they're expecting him to be there to give him, to give them all of his attention. His plans continue to falter and he grows frustrated and is on the verge of becoming upset that all of his evening plans are vanishing. And then there's a woman who's arriving to work, but she's late and it's not her fault. It's her husband's fault. He forgot to put the gas in the tank yesterday and now she had to stop on the way to work. And then she finds out and hears that her coworker has called in sick. And now the, the day of work is going to take twice as much work just to keep up with things. She's frustrated, upset. And it's just going to take one rude customer today to cause her to probably lose it. When we lose control, when, when our plans fall through, it certainly can cause us to lose a lot of other things. These past couple of weeks, we've been looking at a series asking, what do we do when our plans fall through? And we've seen how in various situations, God causes us to see that his plans do not fail. Well, today, we look one more time and we see how God opens our minds to understand his working. And he takes all of our fears and our frustrations and causes them to turn to joy. Certainly, it's quite evident that people like control in their life. You'll see this by the various hobbies or habits that people resort to when they start to feel like they're losing control. For that sense of control, some people will turn to hobbies in which they can control every aspect, whether it's putting together a puzzle or it's crocheting or baking or reading, whatever it might be. People like a sense of control. Maybe they'll even lock themselves in the office or in the garage until they can complete some project and have the sense of control in their life. Some people will go so far with this desire for control that you'll even see they have model cities and miniature households which they manage as part of their hobby. People desire, crave control. And what happens when that sense of control is lost? Well, I think a lot of people have had their sense of control exasperated by the pandemic that we've been facing. For some, it's caused them to feel an insecurity of the future, as we've looked at in past weeks. For some, it's been the, the fear of, will they have a job? Or will they stay healthy? What will happen? And this sense of uncertainty and the desire to have control has caused some people to act out and to lose control. Some, whether they're demanding someone to put on a mask or to wear a mask, have resorted to punching other people. And still others have vandalized institutions or churches or even burned them to, ground, to the ground because they can't control them. We like to have control. And when we feel like things are out of our control, we get frustrated and begin to lose control. Nia even mentioned how obvious that is in the political sphere, the craving for control over others. 
What have you done when you've lost control? When it feels like you're frustrated because things aren't going according to your plan. Either your, your summer, tra summer travel plans have changed and it affects your relationship with your family or your work plans have changed and it affects your sense of security. How have you responded? Some resort to violence, some resort to slander and turn against those who they perceive are in control or blame others who are in control. And still others sink into despair and depression. It's hard to hold things together when it feels like we don't have control. I was listening to uh, what, heard what, I, what happened recently uh, with one of our sister church bodies in India. One of the pastors who serves there mentions the, the fear that people are facing. The fear that because of the oncoming pandemic, that they'll have to face potential starvation with economic collapse. Can you imagine such fears and such loss of certainty and control? And even if you're not affected by the current pandemic, you can't buy certainty and security in this life. Consider the man who feels like everything is under control because of his financial strength, but everything crashes. Or the man who finds out from his doctor that his summer plans will have to be canceled because he has to have a procedure and he has to fight against an illness that will take his life if he doesn't take action. The loss of control isn't staved off by wealth or power or anything else. So what do we do when we lose control. What have you done? Think of all the sins that resort from the frustrations and fears, hatred, discord, despair. The disciples of Jesus had recently felt like they had completely lost control. Over the Passover holiday, they found themselves seeing their Messiah lose his position, arrested, and killed. And so they're in a locked room on that evening, feeling like everything was out of their hands and all control was gone. And it's then that Jesus appears to them and gives them a very important message. It doesn't matter if your plans fail. It doesn't matter if those who are in charge fail you. They are not really in charge. Ultimately, God is in control. After all, what is behind every fear, every uncertainty, every thought of despair, every act of hatred, every malicious action? Isn't it the struggle to be in control rather than to acknowledge and recognize God is in control? That's exactly what Jesus came to assure his disciples of. He gave them, Luke records, many convincing proofs that he's alive and though Luke records they were filled with wonder, they began to understand God is in control. And then Jesus gives them that message. God's in charge. Everything that is written about him in Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Regardless of everything that happened in all their circumstances, God's plan must be fulfilled. God is in charge. It doesn't matter if your plans fail or if the plans of others in control fail. God remains in charge. 
And though at times our minds will struggle to see or understand this, it's only because we are so lost in our own plans and focused on our own ways that our minds are closed to seeing what God has promised and will accomplish. But God opens the minds of his disciples. It says, Jesus opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He explained to them that the Christ must suffer and rise from dead on the third day and that repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name. God opens our minds to see what is recorded on the pages of scripture. And there on the pages of scripture, you'll see the frustrations of every man and woman, the fallen plans that they crave control until death but never find it. But there also, on all the pages of scripture, you'll see this truth. God is in control of history and he is in control of every life and the outcome that he designs. And the disciples learned that God's plan is centered on Jesus, bringing us exactly what we crave. No, not not control, but blessing and the love and the protection and provision of our God who is in control. What we crave is a God who holds all authority and holds that authority for our good. God's plan centered on Jesus facing sin and death and the curse for us, facing suffering, but then rising to life, asserting his control over the grave and over sin, and in his name, a message of repentance and forgiveness being proclaimed, so that every selfish thought of slander, every desire for control against God is something that everyone repents of and turns aside from. And every thought of despair, hopelessness, fear, hatred, and malice in repentance is turned aside from. And we look to God for the gift of forgiveness and his provision of blessing. What happens when our plans fall through? We recognize that we are not in control. But we rejoice that God is. See, for the disciples, it became very evident that Jesus held all authority. For 40 days, he showed them that he was alive with many convincing proofs and told them his plan. You will be my witness and my witnesses who will spread this message and will preach repentance and forgiveness in my name. That's my plan. And God's plan was fulfilled. Beginning in Jerusalem, that message began to spread of Jesus who is alive, God's plan fulfilled and forgiveness in his name. And the message went out that God is in charge. And it still today is being spread. And God has opened your mind to know the pages of scripture and to understand his working for you. And for the disciples, it you could say, ended in a way that they clearly could not miss. Luke records that after 40 days, Jesus led his disciples out to a vicinity near the city of Bethany, was on the Mount of Olives. And there he explained to them his plan, that they were to spread the message of forgiveness, of him who lives and who rules over all things. And they couldn't miss it, what God's plan was for them and what his plan involved. Luke records that he was blessing them as he was lifted from their sight. 
This is God's plan. He desires blessing for you. And though at times you may be frustrated as you look at your plans faltering, or you might be in despair as you look at the failure of those who are in charge, but then God opens our minds and we remember who is in charge. He has sent his spirit to his church so that we know his plans will not fail. And by the power of his word proclaimed with his spirit, minds are opened to understand God fulfills his plans and he removes all of our frustrations, all of our fears, and he replaces them with understanding and with joy. What a wise, glorious, and gracious God to have such a plan for us. Amen.